All right. Hey, everybody. Um, we recognize that maybe for some of you that worked. Maybe for others, the bandwidth was to, is being maxed out. So kind of a little bit of an experiment, but similar to how a professor in class would give you time to take a class survey, we wanted to at least give it opportunity while in chapel. As Christina mentioned earlier, that is going to be open throughout the rest of, t uh, rest of the day. And so if you didn't work, um, please do so. Uh, take take this, the five minutes for survey uh, today, and then you can also enter email uh, to be uh, drawn for to win a prize. So um, to have a little incentive there. But we know that we really, really do highly value uh, your feedback, your opinions, your ideas. And so we look forward to receiving those and prayerfully sifting through them as we uh, are already beginning to plan and, uh, ahead for next year. And uh, know that your participation and your involvement is also paving the way for continued improvements for the future. Um, one of the things that I love most about chapel is not just the opportunity that it has to minister to you as students, but how it has an opportunity to minister through students to others. And today... Um, we're going to get an opportunity to experience that and through uh, hearing two student testimonies. And so I do want you, um, even if you're in the middle of, a, uh, of the survey, please uh, take time to be respectful and to really dial in and to listen uh, to your fellow students today and to put phones or laptops and distractions away. Um, we can use these in a unified, focused way, but I'll be the first one to admit how much it's easy to allow these devices to be a distraction. So we want to um, show respect and honor uh, to your fellow students as they share today. And uh, let me take a moment to introduce both of them, pray for them, and then uh, we'll get to hear a couple um, incredible student testimonies. So we're going to hear today first from Sydney Worland. She is a public relations major and a sport communications minor. Uh, she's the, uh, a goalie on the Northwestern's women's lacrosse team. And uh, she loves anything chocolate and thinks Park and Rec is better than The Office. All right, a couple others. I'm a big fan of Ron Swanson myself. I just, but they're both good. They're both good. Um, the second, second student is Sam Vang. And he is a senior psychology major. He has seen the end game uh, three times. So how many of you have seen the end game? We've got a couple snaps. Okay, a lot of you. All right. You may get something that he might share during his testimony then as a result of that. Let me, uh, let me pray for both of them and pray for ourselves as we listen and hear. And I'll invite Sydney to come up after me and to begin sharing. So um, let's, let's pray together. Father in heaven, I want to thank you and praise you for the power of testimony. You say in your word in Revelation 19.10 that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And among many other things, Lord, I believe one of the ways that can be applied to our current time, right here, right now in this chapel, is that as Sydney and as Sam share your story of redemption through their lives that you have written, are writing, and will continue to write, that we are actually able as listeners to have our hearts positioned and postured in a way to receive the same grace that they are testifying about, where we can resonate with specific struggles. We can, we can come alongside and celebrate with specific victories. And I pray that you would help each of us to know that if anyone is in Christ, we have a story to tell. And it's all one story of the power of your redemption, of your gospel at work in each of our lives 
but yet it's expressed through a beautiful diversity of ways through your people spread about throughout this whole campus, this community, city, and world. And so, Lord, we pray right now for both Sydney and Sam, that you would fill them with your spirit, that as they testify to your go- the gospel of your glorious grace, that we would lean in and pay attention, and we would also be recipients of that same grace of which that they are testifying about this morning. And I pray that you would grow us, edify us, encourage us, challenge us, strengthen us, and further equip and empower us to be ones that would have ready on our lips to testify to your redemptive power. We love you, we thank you, and we're grateful that we have the opportunity now to hear from Sydney and Sam. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So give a warm Northwestern welcome to our very own to Sydney Worling. Hello and good morning. So like I said, or Justin said, my name is Sydney, and I'm just going to share a little bit more about myself. So I'm originally from Appleton, Wisconsin. Anyone else? Okay, I see. Um, But my parents moved to Stevens Point just last year, so I guess that's technically home. Uh, Fun fact, I'm going to share a couple throughout this whole thing. I'm allergic to water. Okay, water, yes, H2O, I'm allergic to it, but I still manage to shower every day, so I'm a clean human being. It just goes away when I dry, so we're fine. Um, I currently work at Crossroads Church as a communications and discipleship coordinator, and like Justin said, I am a public relations and public relations major and sport communication minor, and I'll be graduating in a few weeks. I kind of feel like I am a grandmother here because I feel like I'm also part of a rare breed of four-year seniors. So I've been here for four years. PSEO and things like that didn't exist in my high school, which is fine um, because I think God really shared and taught me a lot of things here in my four years. So today I'd just like to take a little bit of time to share three things that God taught me in my four years here. Uh, To be honest, this is my first chapel I've actually been to this semester. And you might be thinking, how does that happen? Can I do that? Uh, No, the answer, it doesn't just happen. I'm a part-time student, so we don't really have a chapel requirement. But that's okay because this is a great opportunity because I know um, in a few weeks I will be leaving this room and never returning as a student. And that to me is pretty sad. So whether you have a few years left or just a few weeks here at Northwestern, I do hope you glean a little bit of something from today. Um, The first thing I want to share with you guys that the Lord taught me is to do things that scare you. So you might be thinking speaking up in chapel is really scary, and it is, but you can do it. If you are asked, it's fine. The Lord will equip you. But this is something I've thought back about for um, a long time. For those of you who don't know me, um, I served as an RA and an ARD during my sophomore and my junior years. And if you would have told me that um, when I was a freshman or even in high school, I would have thought you were crazy because that is just not something that I thought I was gonna be doing. I love my comfort zone. I love watching Netflix, doing nothing, relaxing. I love homeostasis, that is where I thrive. So doing something that you are comfortable with doesn't stretch you and it doesn't grow you. And I think I learned that especially in the process of becoming an RA and while my time, during my time in residence life. Um, Especially when I was 
interviewing for the position of an RA, um, there's a lot that goes into it, and it was very nerve-wracking. And I think if you've gone through a process of a job interview or anything like that, you can kind of relate of the different fears that circle your head. Um, things like, I'm just a freshman, I have no experience, they won't hire me. Uh, things like that just really went through my head, and to be honest, I almost didn't do it. And I'm really thankful that the Lord had a different plan for me because he, I mean, he always does um, because he thinks different than we think of ourselves. Um, but I was hired to be a Knuha RA for the 2016-2017 school year. Yes, we love Knuha. Um, and through that, God really used that position to show me how he works actively for me. Um, there were so many different things that year uh, that just really grew who I was. I didn't think I could handle everything that was on my plate. I didn't think that uh, really just a lot of things. I had a lot of doubts surrounding that. I had a new RD that I didn't know, just a, just a bunch of different things that went through. Um, but really, it paved a way for me to learn even more about who I am, and it paved the way to be an, R an ARD that next year. Um, these two years in Res Life were quintessential to who I am as a human being right now, um, mostly because I can't imagine my life without the people I've met, the relationships I've built, and just the lessons that I learned. Um, through those times. It was honestly, it was really difficult and scary, but it really allowed me to lean into the things that I've learned, foster great relationships, and the relationships have stayed with me and are still teaching me things, even having left Res Life a couple years ago. Which brings me to my second lesson. Let others invest in you. I think college is a really easy time to just put our nose to the grindstone, keep your head down, just keep moving. Um, like I said earlier, I'm from Wisconsin, so I didn't really have like a, really a lot of opportunities to leave on the weekends and things like that. But I think that was really helpful for me because I, it allowed me to meet other people, spend time with them, simply just because we had the time. Um, it wasn't it wasn't just me in my dorm room on the weekdays and then leaving. Um, we fostered those relationships. Um, but likely, uh, or more importantly, though, uh, it allowed me to really connect with faculty and staff. And they really took the time to invest in me, simply because I was available. Another fun fact about me, I told you there were several. Um, I was the first recruit class for the women's lacrosse team. So there was, my freshman year was the first year that we had lacrosse here. And because of that, the athletic department needed some pictures and things like that to kind of promote our first year. And so I was chosen to kind of be the model of that per se, um, not because of anything other than they had my jersey available and I was the goalie, so we knew that I was gonna be number one. So they wanted to kind of represent that. Um, but during that time, the sports information director was asking me questions. He really wanted to get to know who I was. He wanted to know what I did in high school, what I hoped to do here. Um, and because of that, he uh, asked if I'd be interested in working in athletics. And I thought, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. Um, one of the jobs he was really looking for was an announcer uh, for different sport games, so like soccer, uh, baseball, softball, things like that. Um, and it really would have been easy to just move on, keep my head down, keep going, and say no. But again, um, God had a different plan for me. And others working in athletics offered help, created jobs even for me to refine my skills that God had given me and just really help grow me to the person that I am today. I ended up working in the athletic department in some capacity for all four years and I really loved it. 
Um, it even inspired me to change my, my minor, which is fun. Um, but I'm not a unique story in that. The professors, the staff, faculty, everyone here is here because they really want to invest in you. And I think that's a cool part of being at college is that everyone's kind of here because they like being around students that are our age. They're looking to invest knowledge and skill into us. So let's let them. Take a few minutes before and after class to chat with a professor, maybe about something unrelated to class, and just get to know them, ask questions, and listen. And I think you'd really be surprised at how God works through other people. My last lesson um, is trust the system. The last thing I want to leave with you all might be the most important piece that I can share with you all, um, but I think for some of you guys it might be the hardest to swallow. Nobody told me to say this, but I think it's the most important. Trust the system. We're all part of a system here at UNW. Um, I think this is going to sound a little bit strange, but bear with me. Take one minute, take a couple seconds to think about something you may not like about Northwestern. Okay, now think of something that you really like about Northwestern. Okay, so I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I'm pretty sure that something you said you liked, someone else said they didn't like, and the reverse can be true. Um, so if, has anyone played like a sport here or been a member of the, in a band or part of a play or really just been part of a team? Yeah, I think everyone here can say that they've been part of the team and understand the team atmosphere. Uh, now consider different members going against what like the coach or the instructor or conductor or director has said um, and think about that environment. It's probably not a fun one. So speaking from experience as an athlete, we have the most fun and are the most successful when we're working together, rowing in the same direction, and it's all up to us to promote unity here on campus. We're all here at UNW for whatever time left, so while you're here, let's make the most of it. And I think the best way to do that is to be actively for the things UNW as an institution is for. You might not agree with everything, every rule, every guideline, whatever it is, but that doesn't mean you can't support Northwestern as an institution. You probably don't agree with everything your mom or dad says, but you still love them. Now, that's not saying you should just be idle and sit by. If you think something needs to be changed, talk about it, but do so with the right people and find out who those people are. There are so many staff members here, like I said, that are actively for you as individuals, but sometimes rules are made for a group and as a whole and not for individual people. So find out the why behind those decisions. I want, to challenge you each I want to challenge each of us to consider the words of David when he says in Psalm 133, verse 1, how wonderful and pleasant it is to be when brothers and sisters live together in harmony. I know you might think you have forever to be here at Northwestern, but your time here is coming to an end and will pass in a blink of an eye like it did for me. So do things that scare you, let others invest in you, and trust the system. Good morning, Northwestern. How is everyone feeling? That's, that's what I was expecting. So I prepared a speech for you guys, and I hope that it encourages you guys. Because I feel the same way. I feel the, yeah, I'm here. I'm here in chapel. But <laughs> I just got to say first, I'm a nerd. I'm a total nerd, all right? So <laughs> a year ago, we all lost, all of us. We lost, our, we lost sleep, 
we lost dining funds, and we lost a part of ourselves. But today, we have a chance to take it all back. You know your majors, you know your finals. Get to class, get a passing grade. We all know what we are studying, but we shouldn't know what to expect. Be careful, pray for each other. This is the fight of our lives. We will win whatever it takes. Good luck, Northwestern, on your finals. <laughs> Inspired by the movie uh, Endgame that came out this past weekend, yes. <laughs> like I said, I'm a total nerd. <laughs> Anyways, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, my story starts off uh, with my parents, actually, and they grew up in, Thailand, uh, in Laos and moved to Thailand. And that's where my story starts because my parents from there came to the U.S. as refugees. And part of my story is them because without them, I probably wouldn't be here on stage today. And on top of that, I wouldn't have the name that I have, uh, Yang Samuel Vang, which I'll get to that later on in my, in my story as well. Um, so I did grow up in a Christian home, though. My parents were Christians. They were uh, converted in Thailand from the missionaries who came to um, support them and help them and give them aid uh, during a time of um, need during the Vietnam War. Um, my grandmother gave me my first name, Yang, and my mom gave me my middle name, my American name, uh, with quotes, I'll say, um, Sam or Samuel. And Vang is the, the last name that I inherit from my, from my father. So I'll get to that in a bit too. Um, but I want you guys to think of, uh, remember these three words uh, as, I, as I share my story. I want you guys to remember the words explore, experience, and empower. So throughout most of my life, I have been trying to figure out who I am and a part of that is my name, uh, Yang. Uh, anytime a teacher, a professor, they look at me and they say, Yang Vang, the first thing I hear when in, in, in elementary school was, Yang Yang, Yang Yang Yo. I'm like, okay, maybe I don't want this name. Maybe I don't want to identify as Yang, and I'm just gonna use Samuel, because that, that's, that's an American name, you know, that's, that's, that's a safer name for me. Um, and with that, I learned really quickly that all of that, that, that American, that, um, that American name is actually a Hebrew name, and it, stand, it's, it means name of God, uh, God heard. And I was told that by my mother, who gave me the name, because she prayed for, prayed for me, and um, really wanted to know me and so she prayed day and night for my name to name me so that was something and I want to point that out that that was something in early on in my life that I was like wow God is God is with me wherever I'm at I never feel that but he is I also decided that middle school that I was like I still don't find a place for myself in the world, so I'm going to go to substances, I'm going to search sexual th sins, 
And I did all these things because I thought I was cool. I thought that I would be cool because I would do the substances, I would do the sexual things, and I was like, you know what? These are what makes me cool, and this is what makes me accepted, even though God has already said, I accepted you from the womb when my mother gave me my name. And then I started to experience a lot of shame and a lot of pain, a lot of pride and depression in my early high school years. And through that, God spoke to me and said, you can get over these hurdles, you can do all things who, through me who gives you strength. Philippians 4.13. And I really started to feel this sense of strength in me that I'd never really felt before. And I really thought that I could do everything. And I could do everything without God because I already have God now. And eventually, that kind of came crashing down too. Because I did all things for myself and that sense of pride really hit me early on in my high school years and going on into my junior and senior year where I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. I got, I got the label of leader. I got the label of um, good student, everything that I thought made me great. And eventually I saw that that was not true. And God again hit me on the head chiseled me and he said and he spoke these words from 1 Corinthians 13 1 through 3 he says if i speak in tongues of men and of angels but have not love i am a noisy gong or a clangy cymbal and if i have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and if i have faith so that so as to remove mountains but have not love i am nothing if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, and I have not loved, I have gained nothing. So in, the mo in that moment, in those moments of feeling like I can do things, I did it out of my selfish reasonings, and I realized I can't do it without God, and I can't do it without loving others. And a part of that journey brought me here to Northwestern where God really taught me how to kind of take control of those substances, of that depression, of that anxiety, of that fear. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have felt all of those things before. You may be feeling that now, especially with finals coming around. Um, but I learned to really control those things and God really, God really put people in my life to encourage me to be a leader. So if, for those of you who don't know, I, ha I was an RA for two years, uh, my junior and um, sophomore years here at Northwestern. I started a club called Asian Student Fellowship. Uh, and I think some of you, I saw quite a few of you guys getting boba tea last week. Um, and all these things kind of came, came together and God just was present with me through all of it. And he said, you are a leader. And you can do this through, through the strength that I give you, but you have to do it with love and you have to do it with me and not without me. God taught me to be a leader and God taught me to be a mentor and I see 
in the middle row there, some guys that I have mentored through my time here in Northwestern. And it's encouraging um, because God put it on my heart to pour into their lives and they pour into my lives now. So God, through my story, has always been about being with him. And going back to my name, I realized while I was in college that my name has a meaning and my grandmother gave me that name at birth for a reason. I denied it, I pushed it away, I pushed it to the side because I thought it was just a way for people to make fun of me and I realized really soon that when my father told me what the meaning of what my grandmother, of that name was, it was that even though I had substances, I had sexual sin, I had bullying, I had depression, I had shame, I had pride, all of that was defeated on the cross and the name Yang stands for victory. And my grandmother gave me that name and I denied it for many years of my life because I said, it cannot be something good if people only see it as bad and they make fun of me. But through Christ, I have victory over all of my sin, over all my shame, over all my depression. And God has called me to, um, to lead and to uh, empower others. And I want to leave with um, this verse here, which you guys all know. And you guys actually all heard it, all heard it uh, two weeks ago, if I, if I can get my mind straight on time. Uh, it says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain in which Jesus had directed them. And they, when, when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of, it, of the age. God came back to the disciples and he didn't hold them close and he didn't cradle them and say, I know you missed me, I love you, and we're going to do this together. He said, I already did that. I died on the cross and I want you guys to go out to go empower others, to baptize them, to, uh, to evangelize, to do all those things. And... In my life, I've seen many people do that to me, mentors, staff members here, friends, family. And so I encourage you guys, as you guys remember those three words, explore, because we are all continuously exploring what we want to do, where we want to go, experience things, experience life, travel, be with friends, be with family, go see Endgame, and empower those around you. Empower your friends to do good. Empower uh, people you don't know, strangers. Empower your family to do good, to evangelize. And empower your friends to go watch Endgame. So <clears throat> I encourage you all, Northwestern, and hope the best for your finals. Because out there, out there, that's the end game. We're almost done. We got this.
Would you all stand uh, with me as we close in prayer? Could you just give a round of applause just to show appreciation for both Sydney and Sam again? Um, let's pray together as we close. Father, thank you for uh, this time that we can unite together, that uh, we can encounter you together in community, and thank you for the ways that we can do that through even taking a survey, uh, but Lord, also hearing uh, about your work in and through uh, Sydney and Sam, and how that's representative, Lord, for each of us, that we each have a story and a testimony to tell. Help us to, to model that and continue to take what we've heard from today from uh, Sydney and Sam and, and, and how we could resonate with what they've shared and how we can share that with one another. So Lord, I do pray and ask that as we go from here, that we would have a deep sense and awareness of your presence with us and that we would know that you are supplying the strength that we need to do all that you have called us to do and help us to walk in humility and with grace and with compassion and uh, help us to cultivate uh, the unity that you have made available through us because of the person and the work of Jesus Christ and the empty cross and the empty tomb and the person and the work of the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in each of us. We love you and we pray this all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.